got here in 82, got off a bus, $1,200 sewn into my underpants, the suitcase in a dream. I have sort of painted myself into a corner because I only get offered very effete sort of screaming queen roles. I read that your role in Will and Grace was originally intended for Joan Collins. It was. She hates me. (laughs) I love the quote that comedy is tragedy two weeks later. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Mexico becomes a marriage equality country, Slovakia's parliament rejects registered partnerships, and lessons in laughter and love from the late Leslie Jordan. All that and more this week now that you've chosen This Way Out. I'm Marcos Najera. And I'm Michael Taylor Gray. With NewsRap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending October 29th, 2022. Marriage equality has now gone nationwide in Mexico. Lawmakers in the state of Guerrero voted for marriage equality on October 25th, and their counterparts in Tamaulipas passed similar legislation the following day. It took a while. The Federal District of Mexico City's government was first, approving a marriage equality proposal in late 2009. Six years later, the Supreme Court ordered civil marriage to be open to same-gender couples, but left each state to implement the ruling independently. Most of the 31 states did so legislatively, while a few did it judicially or administratively. After traveling Mexico's winding road to equality, Gay and lesbian couples can finally tie the knot anywhere in the world's 10th most populous country. In the world's second most populous country, reports out of India suggest that marriage equality may be inching closer to reality there, too. LGBTQ supportive justice D.Y. Chandrashud has been confirmed as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of India. The Supreme Court gets the final word when regional high court rulings are contradictory. Multiple marriage-related lawsuits are active in the high courts of the Union Territory of Delhi and the state of Kerala. The cases target separate statutes that regulate civil and religious marriages and marriages entered into abroad. Normally in India, those regional decisions would apply nationally as long as the high court rulings agree. With a new ally at the helm, activists could now take a marriage equality case directly to a possibly more supportive Supreme Court. Slovakia's parliament rejected a bill to create registered partnerships for lesbian and gay couples this week. The proposal was no marriage equality leap. However, it would have granted queer couples rights to inheritance, mutual medical decision-making, and spousal compensation in the event of a partner's workplace death or injury. The bill needed 76 votes to pass, but the Washington Blade reports only 50 MPs saying yes. There were 37 no votes and 15 abstentions. 31 MPs failed to show up. There was apparently not even a sympathy vote just two weeks after a shooting spree at a popular gay bar in the capital of Bratislava. Two men were killed and a female employee was injured. Far-right Christian Union Party MP Richard Vasheshka fears that granting legal status to same-gender couples might lead to people being punished for disagreeing with the goals of LGBTQ activists. 
He told the Standard newspaper, Every child deserves a father and a mother, and it is the best family space for raising children. Slovakian President Zuzana Chapatova tweeted her disappointment. Our society is not threatened by the love of two people of the same sex or their partnerships. Three prime ministers in as many months is not the charm for many LGBTQ people in the UK. Conservative Party PM Liz Truss and her generally anti-queer cabinet were replaced by Rishi Sunak and his generally anti-queer cabinet this week. Truss bowed out in record time after failing to gain support by key members of her own party for her tax breaks for the rich economic plan. 42-year-old Sunak becomes Britain's youngest prime minister in more than 200 years. The former chancellor is also the first PM of color. Sunak is one of the wealthiest people in the country, maybe even more moneyed than British monarchy. His Indian-born tech heiress wife adds her own wealth to the family fortune. Like Truss before him, Sunak has a troubling history of anti-trans comments. He reportedly favors a ban on transgender competitors in sports, as well as limiting the scope of LGBTQ inclusion in public education. Many of his cabinet picks are no better. Sunak's pick for Deputy Prime Minister and Justice Secretary is Dominic Rabb, a holdover from PM Boris Johnson's administration. As such, Rabb reportedly circulated a proposal to house prisoners based on their genitals rather than on their gender identity. Sunak's appointment of MP Kemi Badenox as Equalities Minister and Secretary of State for International Trade is perhaps the most troubling for LGBTQ people and their allies. While serving as Truss's Equalities Assistant, Badenoch met with anti-trans and so-called ex-gay groups and opposed efforts to ban conversion therapy. British actor, screenwriter, and author Emma Kennedy tweeted, I'm sure Kemi Badenoch has her strengths, but being a champion for the LGBTQ community isn't one of them. Making her Equalities Minister is a really thing to do. Sunak is keeping Defense Minister Ben Wallace, who has strongly opposed both marriage equality and military service by openly LGBTQ people. Foreign Secretary James Cleverly and Chancellor Jeremy Hunt stay in the post they held in the previous administration, while Gillian Keegan is the new Education Secretary. Those three are considered to be strongly pro-LGBTQ, but they'll be in the minority in Rishi Sunak's new cabinet. Lawmakers in Russia's state Duma voted this week to expand the law banning propaganda of non-traditional sexual relations among minors. The lower house of parliament unanimously approved extending the 2013 ban to prohibit anyone from praising same-gender couples or publicly saying that they are normal, regardless of the age of the audience. The bill puts the offense of spreading LGBTQ propaganda on the same level as distributing pornography, promoting violence, or stoking racial, ethnic, and religious tensions, according to the BBC. Violators face hefty fines, or even jail time. Foreign offenders could also be deported. Debaters for the bill in the Duma linked the rejection of Western values like sodomy to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The proposal to ratchet up anti-queer censorship is expected to pass in the upper house, the Federation Council. Russian President Vladimir Putin's signature is also expected. 
In other news out of Russia, there are updates on the fate of two queer Chechen brothers and U.S. WNBA basketball all-star Brittany Griner. Brothers Salek Magomedov and Ismail Isayev appealed their eight- and six-year prison sentences this week, but were rejected by a regional court in Pitigorsk. They were convicted on what Human Rights Watch calls bogus charges of providing food to a member of an illegal armed group. In fact, Salek and Ismail were relentlessly persecuted for years by Russian authorities for supporting LGBTQ rights on social media. They were kidnapped from a safe house and repeatedly tortured. WNBA basketball star Brittany Griner also appealed her nine-year sentence in a Russian penal colony on trumped-up charges of illegal drug distribution. She testified that she accidentally left medically-approved cannabis vape oil cartridges in her luggage when she was passing through a Moscow-area airport. Although almost everyone agrees that the sentence was overly harsh, the Moscow Regional Court rejected her appeal this week. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan called it another sham judicial proceeding. The Biden administration has been trying to negotiate a prisoner exchange involving Greiner and former Marine Paul Whelan, who's serving a 16-year sentence in a Russian prison on trumped-up espionage charges. They'd trade for notorious U.S.-held Russian arms dealer Viktor Boot. Vladimir Putin has thus far refused to play that card against the U.S. as part of some strategy in his unprovoked war on Ukraine. Finally, queer candidates will be on the ballot in all 50 states for the first time in U.S. history when voters go to the polls on November 8th for the midterm elections. The Political Action LGBTQ Victory Fund counted 678 candidates, mostly Democrats, and that's a more than 18% increase from the general election in 2020. The surge comes amidst an avalanche of anti-queer bills led by Republicans in states they control and by members of the current congressional minority. Former mayor of Houston and Victory Fund CEO Anise Parker said in a statement, Bigots want us to stay home and stay quiet, but their attacks are backfiring and instead have motivated a new wave of LGBTQ leaders to run for office. Among the most notable candidates, Maura Healy in Massachusetts and Tina Kotek of Oregon could become the country's first lesbian governors. The Victory Fund also reports a sharp increase of queer candidates of color to more than a third. Non-cisgender candidates also doubled their numbers from about 8% two years ago to almost 14% this year. The Victory Fund's Parker adds, Sitting on the sidelines isn't an option when our rights are on the chopping block. That's News Rep, global queer news with attitude for the week ending October 29th, 2022. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian Teshazer, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Marcos Najera. Stay healthy. And I'm Michael Taylor Gray. Stay safe. Some of the locals were making noise about us being down there. They think it's morbid that we dishonor the dead. Make them laugh, make them laugh. Make them laugh, make them laugh, make them laugh. 
With no morbid dishonor intended, and hopefully to make you laugh, we pay tribute to Leslie Jordan, who died on October 24th at the age of 67. The diminutive and beloved gay actor became a household fixture in the queerest of sitcoms, Will and Grace. Me, a homosexual. The very idea makes me howl with manly laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Leslie Jordan could arguably be even funnier telling his own story. Several one-man shows enjoyed overwhelming success. He was even hysterical just sitting and chatting. This Way Out's Chris Wilson and Abby Dees in Los Angeles and Rosie Wilby in London shared the pleasure of his company. I got here in 82, got off a bus, $1,200 sewn into my underpants, a suitcase and a dream, and didn't know anyone. And, you know, back then it was very wink-wink. It was, you know, my, my agencies have always been gay, my manager's gay. They would just call me up and say, listen, feet on the ground, okay, for this one? Feet on the ground, (laughs) hand at your side, voice in the lower register, butch it up. Back then they had different words like nebbish was a big one they would use. Um, Mama's boy. We're looking for like a mama's boy. We're looking for this. It was very... Code. Yeah, code. But I was at the bars every night. And you would see every, you know, casting director in town. You'd see big producers. But then we'd all go to work, and it was still very wink-wink, you know. From Hollywood's sordid closets, Jordan landed in the Sorted Lives movie and TV series created by Del Shores. Bigger Than Life Brother Boy was a devout Tammy Wynette impersonator who the eccentric Texas Ingram family sends to conversion therapy. Um, Dr. Eve, when you uh, dehomosexualize me, will I still be able to perform as Tammy Wynette? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, she died today, you know. Behind the scenes, Jordan was a faithful friend during Del Shore's sordid divorce. I was best man at his wedding, and I'm godfather to his two daughters. And um, he came out of the closet. He, like, busted the hinges off the door. But, but you knew out. him before. Oh, be- yeah. Before you worked with but him. But he was, I, I adore his wife, Kelly, and she took it really, really hard. Um, and I was in the middle of all of it. And Kelly's parents are Rosemary Alexander and Newell Alexander, who have been in all, we're like this huge family. And he had this perfect, there were this blonde family, because Dale's very blonde. His wife was blonde, those two little blonde girls. They were four and six at the time. But here's my favorite story. They got houses near each other so the girls could ride their bikes back and forth. And he kept telling me, this can't be mysterious. We're going to be very up 
front, you know. They're four and six. But we're driving down the road one day, and they wanted a hamburger from Carl's Jr., and Dale pulled the car over real fast. Like, I got to talk to the girls, and they're chomping their gum. They're four and six, chomping their gum and twirling their hair and looking out the window. And Dale goes, "Now, girls, remember when I told you about gay?" And they go, "Uh huh." And he said, "Well, there was a, a a television star named Ellen, and when she told everybody she was gay, Carl's Jr. pulled their advertising. So I don't think we should eat their hamburgers." And the four-year-olds looking out the window, she goes. Thank God it wasn't McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so during the whole divorce proceedings, when it would get so dark and so ugly, I would lean into him and say, thank God it wasn't McDonald's, just to <laughs> kind of lighten the mood a little. Unlike the American horror story of Shore's divorce, Jordan's experience coming out to his mother had a much happier ending. My mother, believe it or not, uh, created, when I was a little kid, this amazing secret garden where it was okay for me to play with dolls and wear her high heel shoes, and she taught me to sew. And yet, when I was about 12 and I told her that I thought that I was gay, you you would have thought I'd stabbed her in the heart. I mean, you know, it's like, Was it it a surprise? (laughs) You're surprised? (laughs) And I think it had more to do with her religious beliefs. Having having come from a pretty devout Baptist upbringing. But it all came together. I took my mother. My mother had me at 19, very young. So I am 57 Mm. plus tax and deposit. Uh, No, I really am. I'm 57 (laughs) with a little shipping and handling. No, I'm 57. So my mother had me at 19. So my mother is 76. She's very young. But I took her on a gay cruise to Alaska. (laughs) We've since gone. uh, This summer, I took her to Barcelona. We went to Barcelona on a cruise that took us to Ibiza and Casablanca. We're now gay cruise veterans. But this first gay cruise that I took her on, the entire ship adopted her. My mother became the undisputed queen. Everyone's mom. Everyone there. Leslie Jordan crashed his car into a building on his way to the set. He may have had a coronary episode or other medical emergency behind the wheel that's still being determined. His wonderfully queer career ended with his latest TV series, co-starring in Fox's Call Me Cat, as Phil to Mayambialik's cat. Hey, Phil. Oh, Ray, is the oven working? No, but Ray is working my nerves. Don't listen to this little doughboy. Them's are fighting words, Ray. No, these are fighting words. I don't think your mama used enough yeast when she made you because you never finished rice. Don't you talk about my mama's yeast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ray, can you fix the oven by tomorrow? I can fix it before that, as long as Doughboy stays in his can. Hey, leave Phil alone. Yeah, leave Phil alone. I have such a crush on him. What? I think it's a wonderful time to be an openly gay actor right now. I oh, have sort okay. of, That's I nice have to sort hear. of painted myself into a corner because I only get offered very effete, sort of screaming queen roles. Yes, and that's all right. You know, I do that. I do that well, but. Uh, mm. I got a call not too long ago for a, 
I, I've never in 30 years in the business had an offer. You know, you hear these people. We, we, I audition, you know, I beg, I plead, I offer <laughs> sexual favors, whatever I can do to get my parts. But I got an offer, and it was for this big Steven Spielberg movie called The Help, yeah. which is based on a novel that's been on the New York Times bestseller list for 80 weeks or something. But it was not playing a gay character. Oh. He's a newspaper editor, and he's very brash and loud. That's a damn door. Okay, Miss Peeling, let's see what you got. Murrah High, editor. Uh, Ole Miss Rebel Rouser, editor. Double major. Woohoo! Junior League editor. Damn, girl. Don't you have fun? And the reason I'm bringing this up was that there was an article in the L.A. Times about uh, the, the director of the movie said this was a risk mm. to hire... Leslie Jordan to play this part. And I thought, well, well, why is it a risk? He said, acting. no, no I, I love what they said. It was a bold choice that made uh, people nervous. Oh, oh I said, yes. well, I'm glad uh, I, no one told me, you know, that everyone was nervous. You are an actor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I played murderers. You, you know, I'm yeah. an actor. Catherine, I don't like the tone I've been hearing from you this week. What are you going to do? Whack me on the head? That little comment you made about feeling godly and killing people. That concerned me. I said that in jest. No, you didn't. I am still dealing with the tragic, unexpected loss of my mother. You killed her. But that doesn't mitigate my pain. But I've sort of painted myself in the corner, especially with Will and Grace uh, having been so popular. Yeah, absolutely. And winning an Emmy. We'll get that mm, in. See, I dropped absolutely. that one in. I read that your role in Will and Grace was originally intended for Joan Collins. Is that it right? was. <laughs> She hates me. (laughs) (laughs) I take all her parts. They they uh, they wrote an episode where Megan Mullally's character, Karen Walker, was uh, Joan Collins' character was going to steal Rosario the maid away from her, and then they were going to get into this dynasty. Uh, cat fight okay, over yeah. a billiard table and tell each other you've done the worst thing a woman could do to another <laughs> woman, steal her maid, and they were going to pull <laughs> each other's wigs off. And apparently, at the last minute, Miss Collins refused to have her wig pulled off, so they fired her. But it was good for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. oh, Beverly Leslie, what a treat! I'm so glad I put you in the overhead compartment now. <laughs> I am so sorry I missed the ceremony. But tell me this, darling. Do they still say, till death do us part when the bride is a vampire? (laughs) As much comedy as he brought to the screen, Leslie Jordan's real life had plenty of drama. One drama he shared with another troubled celebrity. I am 13 years sober. I love what they call it here. It's so polite. A drink problem. (laughs) I was a drunken drug addict, okay? And I had a little been, drink problem. You've been very open about, and candid about this, Well, you have you? to be, you know. Yeah. They teach us in recovery, you're only as sick as your secrets. So <laughs> I have none. Okay. But I, um, yes, I was, I got two DUIs being drunk while I was driving. Uh-huh. And um, I was sentenced to 120 days, which is three months. Oh. I wasn't expecting this. I hired a lawyer. I yeah. paid him $4,000. When they sentenced me, he's waving like I'm leaving on a cruise. (laughs) And they hauled me out of there. But on the 17th day of my unfortunate incarceration, (laughs) I um, was told, we have good news, we have bad news. Good news, you're out. We have Robert Downey Jr. downstairs. We have nowhere to put him. (laughs) 
And I said, so what's the bad news? They said, well, the bad news is we can't let you out until the bars close because of your record. So it was 8 o'clock at night. The bars in California close at 2 a.m. So I had to share a sale with Mr. Robert Downey Jr. When I I bumped into him years later, I got a job on Ally McBeal. and, And I thought, I hope when I meet him, he doesn't say, oh, yeah, remember... You were in jail with me. (laughs) So when I met him, he said, I know you, but I don't know from where. And I whispered it to him. I said, 152, pod A, cell 13. You were top, I was bottom. I think that means something else. The bunk beds. He looked at me and goes, what? I said, bunk beds. We were in jail together. He said, oh, my gosh. I'll have to call him. There was this young man on our cell block who was HIV positive, and he was treated unmercifully. Mm. The other prisoners wouldn't even eat with him you know and when i i took my tray to eat near him and they were going he's got aids he's got aids don't sit near him and i sat down and this young man got tears in his eyes and he said you don't have to do this and i said Mm. oh yes i do yeah yes i do Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so when i got out i was worried i thought who's going to watch after my poor friend Uh. and so i wrote this letter Mm -hmm. and i was privy to his address, 152, Pod A, Cell 13, Top (laughs) Bunk. And I just wrote R. Downey Jr., and I didn't know if he'd get it or not. And I said, you don't know me, uh, but we I I shared a cell with you for about seven hours. He was very sick. I don't know what Mm -hmm. he was coming off Mm -hmm. of, but I tend to be a little chatty, you know, and I was chatting (laughs) away. But anyway, I wrote him a letter, and I said, I don't know you, but there's this kid, and maybe if you befriended Mm -hmm. him because you're a big movie star. Yeah. And, um, and he did. He did. And he also said to me, with m- misty-eyed, he said, you wrote me that letter. And I, I said, oh, my gosh, I had completely forgotten that. He said, I carried that letter with me my entire incarceration. Oh. You know, I walk off stage sometimes and I think, you just regurgitate your life for everyone. What, is, what do you think that is so interesting? And then I get letters and I get phone calls and I get oh, young men who come to me and say, oh, my gosh. Your story. And so it's a gift. You know, it's just something that I'm good at. Um, oh, yes. Taking yeah. things that have happened. I love the quote that comedy is tragedy two weeks later. You know? Tragedy so, plus time. So yes, I can take exactly. whatever tragic <laughs> has happened and turn it into something somewhat interesting and somewhat relatable. Close to 6 million social media followers have come to rely on Leslie Jordan's life-affirming relatability during the COVID pandemic. Just a few weeks ago, he was tweeting about a dream come true. Well, guess where I am? I'm way up in the sky in a new condo that I just bought. 67 years old and I, I have my first condo moving on up. To the east side, to a deluxe apartment in the sky high. Moving on up to the east side, I finally got a piece of the pie. Leslie Jordan left one last social media post behind the day before his tragic accident, a preview of his forthcoming country gospel album with songwriter-producer Danny Myrick. It's a fitting farewell to the iconic gay actor and humanitarian. We're sure he's there.
we have to wrap up for this week. Aww, My thanks go thank to Leslie Jordan. Tune in next week uh, where we will be joined by John Martin. Collins. And John no, no. Collins, <laughs> Collins is coming in. Thanks for finding This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Marcos Nahara and Michael Taylor Gray, produced by Brian DeShazer, and from our archives, interviewers Chris Wilson, Abby Dees, and Rosie Wilby. The Doobie Brothers and Olivia Newton-John performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out acknowledges the support of Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Thank you. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on CKDU Halifax, Nova Scotia, WIUP Indiana, Pennsylvania, KOOP Austin, Texas, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.